We turn now to the word of God found in Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. We begin with a quote from Dallas Willard today, one of my favorite thinkers. Now gone to heaven, his work as a professor of philosophy and as a pastor in spiritual formation has helped people understand our walk with God in profound ways. He wrote this. Solitude, well practiced, will break the power of busyness, haste, isolation, and loneliness. You will see the world is not on your shoulders at all. You will find yourself, and God will find you in new ways. Silence also brings Sabbath to you. It completes solitude, for without it you cannot be alone. Far from being a mere absence, silence allows the reality of God to stand in the midst of your life. God does not ordinarily compete for our attention. In silence, we come to attend. I began my sabbatical two months ago not quite knowing how I was going to take my hands off the plow. It was evident that I needed a break, but the thought of not teaching and leading and counseling and making daily decisions in our community was unfathomable. How could I let go of shepherding, a role I have taken seriously and loved for many years, even if the break was only for a short time? But the demands of ministry and the additional burden of COVID had brought weariness to my soul. So my plan was threefold, to rest, to be present for our daughter as much as I could as we got her ready for college, and to begin reading for a doctor of ministry program, which did indeed begin this week. Rest is a word that may conjure various meanings for us. If we got together in small groups to define it, we would hear how subjective the idea of rest actually is. That's why I like Willard's notion of solitude and how it is meant to break the power of work and haste in our lives. In our time of rest, this last two months, we were quite blessed to see family to explore Hawaii, to eat our way through Seattle, and to sit on a beautiful lake in Idaho. 
We soaked in the sun in our relationships with one another. We laughed and listened to all kinds of Olivia's music on our car trips. And along the way, I tried to be very mindful of what God was saying and doing in my soul. And it turns out that a great part of the sabbatical, the one that I was most afraid of, of not being in charge, didn't really happen. So I want to share a few lessons of what Jesus taught and reminded me in this time as we talk about Psalm 146. First, I was reminded how much I like control. I like my way, and since I wasn't in charge of anything here, I had to turn my energies to other places. I hope I didn't drive my family very crazy. Early on, I also had to be reminded that God is in charge and I am not. I realized how hard it is for me to let go of the outcome that I want to see in situations. And while this goes along with control, it's not quite the same thing. I had moments of great anxiety, not about the church, but issues in my family and issues in my soul that had just been underneath the surface. Failures and shortcomings. It's true that wherever you go, there you are. And since I couldn't get away from myself, what had been ignored came up and had to be dealt with. Healthy, but challenging. It was also a natural time for me to think about my job and to reflect on what it means for me to be a shepherd. A few months before I took off, a pastor friend at another church in town told me emphatically, Colleen, do not do this. (laughs) Do not take sabbatical. Be like me. I'm never going to take one. Every pastor, he said, I've ever known who's taken a sabbatical doesn't come back. They like their freedom too much. I laughed. (laughs) Because what else do you do? And said, well, Jesus is the one who directs what we do. If he wants me to move on after this, then so be it. But I'm glad to report that however much I enjoyed my time away, and honestly, it was hard to put my hand back on the plow. I love the church and what God has called me to do here. There are many things I could say about sending Olivia off to college. Her life is a gift from the Lord and saying goodbye has led to all of the emotions, sadness, and excitement for what's in store for her. Relief that we made it through to 18, mostly intact. Fear about letting her go out of our control. Our children belong to God who continues to form them and remake them and they spread their wings and fly. And Mark and I have been brought back to when we came to UCSB so many, many years ago. And how faithful God was then, and we trust him now for our young adult. We traveled a bit on Sundays, but in my time at other churches, it struck me, like it hasn't for a very long time, how hard it is to get out of bed and actually go to church. (laughs) When you don't have to go, right, and set things up. Um, wow, Um, as a regular person, I also was very grateful for all of the work that everyone does on a Sunday morning to get things ready to make space for people to worship God. Partway through my time off, I began to be very affected emotionally by the pain occurring in different places, in Haiti, in Afghanistan, and Ethiopia, and more shootings and the raging fires and the plight of homelessness and famine and the surging Delta variant and the trauma and loss that people in my own life 
and our community were experiencing, mourning the, the vitriolic tone that is now commonplace in our discourse, the demeaning way we treat one another. I felt very burdened by the weight of the darkness that just seems to keep intensifying. And it caused me to wonder if we as God's people are responding in the right ways. If we're truly representing Christ's power and love and presence. If we're seeking what is eternal enough instead of getting mired down in the muck and the mud. It made me wonder about my own pastoral gifts and abilities and whether or not I really could do this. Along the way, God met me with timely truths from other pastors and worship and good books and scripture. These life-giving resources helped me attend to the spirit in ways that I needed. One sermon encouraged me that as times get more difficult, that the people of God have to persevere. That we have to persevere in love. Jesus tells us, you guys, it's going to get harder. That resonated deeply within my soul as I was worn down by the grief and the toxicity of the world. That we're to continue meeting together and remember that Jesus has overcome the trouble we experience here. There's nothing that happens where God can't bring redemption and hope and transformation and grace and new life. I was grateful for a different reminder from Henry Nowen about how control is an illusion and that we, as God's people, that our lives are not our own. That we have been bought with a price. Another pastor spoke from Isaiah 54. God is speaking here. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. And the Lord said, you know, Colleen, you can't escape from yourself, but you also can't escape from me. Oh, what a good reminder. The abiding, constant presence of God. For the last part of my sabbatical, I took time in Psalm 146, our text today. Here we see longevity of relationship with the Lord. In all we experience, this is a commitment by the psalmist to praise God no matter what for as long as they live. Here we see the wisdom of not putting too much trust in people, even the most powerful, because they can't ultimately meet our needs. Here there is a call to find joy in our creator, whose faithfulness keeps the complex system of the universe going. Here we see God's heart. No one is forgotten. Everyone is welcomed into his loving care. Scripture consistently teaches that God actively works to bring life to the poor and the humble and the starving, the incarcerated, the ignorant, the stranger, which is all of us. Jesus is in every heart-wrenching situation and commands those who have believed in him, who have been saved by him, to bring light and freedom and provision and grace to places where it's needed, that we are meant to be wounded healers, to go to those who are hurting and bring God's wholeness, to be thankful for what we have received and lift up those who are hungry and lost and beaten down by life. And Jesus says, when you do this, you don't just represent me. 
when you do these things to the least of me, you are doing it for me. So we come to the communion table today and I ask you, what are the lessons that God has been teaching you in this season of your life? What is the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit saying to you? We come to the table to be filled. I encourage you to recognize the places in your soul where you are hungering and thirsting for the righteousness of the Lord. To allow him to satisfy you as no one else can. We are reminded in Psalm 146 how God is always speaking to us about what is true and right and good. He is always acting in ways that generate life. He creates. He restores. He cares for the hurting. Our world is so broken. We are so broken. But here is a reminder that God provides. There is assurance in this psalm, which then becomes concrete reality through Christ that God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. It may be today that you simply bring praise. Because God is worthy of all of our honor. God is good and we ask forgiveness for the ways that we have succumbed. The ways that we have not honored him. And we take a moment. Let us all take a moment to pray for those who do not think they are welcomed at the table of the Lord. Take a moment to pray for those who will not come to the table of the Lord. Take a moment and pray for those who are disenfranchised by the table of the Lord and ask God to draw them close. Psalm 146 ultimately speaks of rest because it speaks of how we can trust God and let go of everything it is that we hold on to. Since most of us don't get sabbatical often or ever, we have to figure out how it is that we live in rest, how it is that we spend regular time so that the Lord can refresh us, so that we can hear from him. As we receive the elements today, let's examine the places where we're holding on too tightly where our trust has been misplaced, where we have ceased to give God praise, where we are fearful or anxious or doubting, the places where our souls have become bitter and unfeeling, that has come with open hands for what God wants to give and to allow the Holy Spirit through the words of this psalm to put our souls aright in Jesus. The reign of God puts everything in perspective. And Christ's death on the cross is the focal point of our hope. We turn now to the liturgy of remembrance as we partake. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.